what happens when you're the stand-in, amen? So thank you. You can be seated. Take your Bibles, if you will, please. Turn to the uh, book of Hebrews, chapter number 12. The book of Hebrews, chapter number 12. I do appreciate Brother Tim standing in and filling in. and um, But you really don't, uh, sometimes you don't think, um, we realize how much Brother Mark does behind the scenes till he's gone. And uh, so, uh, Brother Mark, if you're watching, we miss you. Amen. Uh, but thankful for people that will stand up and, and help us out um, to get us through. Uh, Hebrews chapter number 12, it has took me um, several months to get to um, our theme for the year. Um, I, when praying and asking the Lord um, what our theme should be throughout this year, He laid this on my heart. And, and um, when the year started, I just could never... Um, you really get to this, and then uh, the beginning of the week, the Lord began to give me direction on this, and so um, hopefully for the next couple of weeks, we will, and off and on, we will continue to come back to this uh, portion of Scripture and look um, at this. And so Hebrews chapter number 12, um, and I, I just want to give you a few statements, and then we'll read the text. You know, um, it is, it is of, of a certainty uh, this morning, that men will fail. It is not if they will fall, it's just when they will fall. And we find that when we look at men, we always find that they will fall, but, but aren't you glad that Jesus never does? He never fails. And so we find that a lot of times we should, we should not be shocked when men and women fail us because after all, we are just sinners. Uh, we, it is in our nature. When God saved us, He did not save us, uh, um, did not save us that uh, so that we would never sin again. And so, a lot of times, I think we misunderstand that uh, that when we look at people, we put people up on a pedestal. And, I, and I'm not saying uh, that we should not esteem people highly, but at the same time, it is almost detrimental to some people when when they see people fall. But but there again, even for us that are saved, we still have to re remember that we're still saved sinners. Us being saved does not make us better than anybody. Sure, it makes us better off when it time, time comes for us to die. But we are still in this flesh, and we still um, are able to sin, and we're still able to be um, taken by the wiles of the devil. So there again, it should not shock us too much uh, when men fall. And so I, I remember... When I first began to uh, be in the ministry, I, um, there was men that I, I looked up to highly. And, and I, I never forget, I had a, had a pastor growing up, and um, we, um, he was probably the first one that really ever uh, took time with me and really took um, time to, to spend with me. And, and um, I, I remember a lot of times, especially during the springtime, um, we would uh, between services we would ride horses. He had a um, he come from a background of, uh, of horses, and so um, Sundays a lot of times we would me and him would ride horses, and he had a son my age, and sometimes he would bring him, and and um, we'd all ride horses till church time that evening, and and um, I, I just 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 looked up to him, and he was there again. He was one of the ones that really first time took time with me, and. Um, one reason or another, the Lord led him to uh, to go to another church, and it wasn't it wasn't too long after 
um, he went to that other church. Uh, uh, somebody called me and and he said, "Hey," he said, "I, I need to I need to tell you," and um, told me about this particular preacher. He had had fallen in fallen into sin and had to and got out of the ministry and and I, I remember when I, I heard that man, it just broke my heart. And um, several years later, I um, I was at a rodeo and I saw him and his wife and. And I went up to him and I, I told him, I said, you probably don't remember me. And, and um, he said, Charlie, how could I forget a face that ugly? And, um, and um, I thought to myself, well, God bless you too. And, and um, so we, we began to talk and, and, um, and I told him, I said, you know, I said, I understand that, um, that things happen. I said, but I want to let you know how much it meant to me that you took time from me. I said, but it really, I said, it really affected me when I heard of what happened. And he just kind of kind of drooped his head and I said, I'm not I'm not trying to to ridicule you or anything of that nature. I said, but but you know, always remember that there's people that are still looking up to you. And I and reality of it is and a lot of times you hear you have heard of people or you yourself have gotten to the place to where you'll say some of you we we hear it and we uh, see it so many times that that people lose faith in God. They they lose faith in in the Lord Jesus. They they lose faith in church because of not because of God, not because of Jesus, but because of those who are supposed to represent God and represent Jesus. Now there again, men, countless numbers of people this morning have lost faith in these three things all because they looked towards somebody, they looked up to somebody, and that person fell, and that caused them to lose faith in, in God, lose faith in Christ, and, it, and also lose faith in the church. And so, but the reality of it is, is when you examine those people, it is always the same common denominator. They were looking at a man, they were looking at a woman, uh, and that man and woman did not live up to their expectation. And so because of that, they have lost faith in God and Jesus and the church. And so we find that this is what the apostle, well, I believe the apostle Paul is the writer of Hebrews, but, but the writer of Hebrews is, is nailing down uh, to us in Hebrews chapter number 12. Now remember, this book is wrote to Jews, and they... They have all, they, they are, uh, the writer of Hebrews is trying to show them that there is a better way, that, that salvation only comes in and through Jesus Christ. And so the writer of Hebrews is nailing down this uh, in Hebrews chapter number 12, uh, and notice verse number, verse number 2. The Bible says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I, I told you at the beginning of the year, of the year that our, our theme for 2023 was just simply looking unto Jesus. And, and I, I want us to really examine that phrase in the Word of God this morning and then use that as a launching pad uh, for the next several weeks and months, Lord's willing, uh, uh, to, to go through the Scripture and look at some things that we should look unto Jesus for. Uh, but I, I want us to look there again very closely, examine uh, 
uh, these words. Number one, I want you to notice the practice uh, that is mentioned in Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 2. He makes a statement. He says, first of all, looking. Now that word looking, we, uh, we could say, is, means to fix your eyes upon. It means to, it means to focus on. And so I, I begin to look at that and begin to, begin to consider this idea of looking. And I thought about what are some things that hinder people from just looking, from focusing on the Lord Jesus. You know, it is, it is easy, um, sometimes easy preaching uh, uh, to say we ought to look upon Jesus, but sometimes it's hard living uh, uh, to do that. And so, so I began to think about what hinders some people. Or, or, and, and then I looked at what hinders me a lot of times of, of looking to really fix my eyes uh, upon the Lord Jesus. And so I thought about one thing that a lot of times people struggle with and, and the reason they can't really focus on Jesus Christ is because some people are too focused on themselves to focus on Christ. They're so busy, they're so consumed with, with what they are doing. Do you, you really, do you realize this morning that God is not so much interested in what you're doing more than He is the reason behind what you're doing? A lot of people are so focused on what they're doing, they have forgot why they're doing it. Can I say unto you, the reason we're here this morning is not for ourselves, but it ought to be to uplift the Lord Jesus Christ. The reason you sing in the choir, choir members, is not because you, you, have, you have a voice. It's not to please somebody else but it is to lift up your voice to the one who has saved you from an eternity in hell. The reason that we worship and the reason we say amen and the reason we, we ought to shout glory and shout hallelujah and, and if the Lord moves you to throw your hands up or to clap, the reason you do that is not to bring attention to yourself, but it is to signify that you know who Christ is and you know who you was before He found you. But thank God, you may not be what you ought to be, but thank God you're not what you used to be and you're not what you're going to be. Amen. And so we find out the reason some people can't focus on Jesus is because they're so consumed with themselves they can't look at Jesus. I heard a preacher say one time, God will not play second fiddle to anybody, even including yourself. So many times people cannot fix their eyes upon Christ because they're so fixed upon themselves. And buddy, we're living in a very selfish generation. What's in it for me? What, what do I get out of it? And, and listen, it ought not to be that way. Us as believers, it ought to be not what I can get out of it, but what can I give to my Savior? What can I give to Him that loved me and gave Himself for me? So some people can't focus their eyes upon Jesus because they're too fixed upon themselves. But some people can't focus, uh, fix their eyes upon Jesus because they're too focused on others. They're consumed with what everybody else is doing or not doing. We find that example of after the Lord's resurrection as He uh, comes to the disciples uh, and he goes to Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, I, I love you. He says, feed my sheep. He asked Peter again. He said, Peter, do you love me? And he said, Lord, uh, you know I love you. He said, feed my lambs. Uh, then the third time he comes to Peter, he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, thou knowest all things. Uh, 
Thou knowest that I love you. And he said, feed my sheep. And with the next breath, Peter turns around and says, what is John going to do? And Jesus, in, in my word, said, it, you ought not worry about what John is going to do. If he don't do anything until I come again, don't worry about what he does. You worry about what I told you to do. And so many times, this is, this is the, the, the problem we have, is we're so focused upon what somebody else is or is not doing. And so we find that, the, that if we're really going to focus upon Jesus, there is one thing and one thing only we should focus on, and that is what He has told us to do. You realize that this morning I'm not going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account for what you did or did not do? I'll have to give an account for what I did or did not do. And what you do or, should, or do not do should not focus, should not be my focus. It should be what God told me to do. And it is the same way with you. I'm not going to stand beside you on Judgment Day. Sure, I know that there's a, there's a part that, will, um, that I will have to stand before the Lord and give an account for this church. I understand that. But I'm not going to stand by you on Judgment Day and God say, why didn't you do this? And you're able to point at me and say, because, because of Him, the, the buck is going to start and fall upon you. And it is not up to me to have to, to have to answer for you or you to answer for me. We have to answer for ourselves. So some people can't focus upon the Lord Jesus because they're too focused on themselves. And some people are just so focused on what other people are not doing or doing. And then thirdly, I thought about this. Some people can't focus upon Jesus because they're too focused on what everybody else is saying. You know what the, uh, the writer of Proverbs says? He said, the fear of man is a snare. And so many times we, we hinder the working of God in our life and the working of God in our midst because we are so focused on what somebody may say. You know, I remember when I first started in the ministry, I was, I was 17, 17 years old, fixing to be 18 years old. And I, I can remember um, uh, those days I would have preachers tell me, well, you know, you're, you're, a good, you're, you're a good preacher. You keep doing what you're doing. Uh, but God really can't use you until you get married. And I thought, okay, well, that, you know, I understand. All right, that's, if that's what you think, okay. And then, after I got married, they say, you know, you're a good preacher. Thank God you're married. But God really can't use you until you have kids. And that was all well and good. Now there's people who says it's good that you're married, it's good that you have kids, but you know God can't really use you because you have too many kids. I told somebody the other night, I never knew that having, having more than three kids would be such a detriment to the ministry. I mean, last time I checked, the Bible says be fruitful and multiply. Blessed is a man whose quiver is full. Mine is overflowing. But if, if all we ever do is listen to people's opinions, we'll never get anything accomplished for God. If that's all we listen to and that's all we focus upon, we might as well quit and go to the house. Because someone is always going to have a negative opinion about something. There's some people they are not happy unless they're negative. Right? Some of you married to them. I'm just kidding. 
I mean, some people can't be happy unless they're negative and, and critical about something. But reality of it is, is there again, we, we should not listen to their opinions because their opinions don't matter. What is God's opinion of you? What does God say? And as long as we're pleasing God, you mark it down, you will not please men while you're pleasing God. You can either, you can either do one or two things. You can please God and not please men or please men and not please God, but most of the time you're not going to do both of them. So who's, who's, who is my final authority? Who is the one that I'm going to stand up before and give an account for? It's not a man. It's not a woman. It's Jesus Christ. So why focus on the opinions of people who don't matter, but focus upon the one who only does matter? So many times we can't folk really focus upon Jesus because we're worried about ourselves. We're worried about what others are doing or not doing. We're worried about what others may say. So we notice that the writer of Hebrews gives, gives no leadway about this. He only says this in one thing, looking unto Jesus. That's it. That's the only person we should look unto. And so we find the practice, we find the pursing. And, and why should a person look unto Jesus? Well, the answer is within our text. Uh, uh, first of all, we find that He is, uh, he is our example. 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse number 20 and verse number 21 says, For what glory is it if, when ye are buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently. But if when you do well and you suffer for it, ye take it patiently. For this is acceptable with God. For even here unto where ye are called, because Christ also suffered for us. Leaving us an example, watch this now, that you should follow in His steps. Notice what 1 John chapter number 2, verse number 6 says. He that saith, he abideth in him, talking about Jesus, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. The reason we should look unto Jesus is because he is the ultimate and final example that God gave us to follow. If you follow me, there will come a time to where I will lead you the wrong way. It's possible. If I follow you, there's a time that you will lead me the wrong way. But boy, aren't you glad this morning if we'll, if we'll fix our face upon the lovely Lord Jesus and follow in His footsteps and go where He says go and stay away from where He says stay away from, do what He says do and don't do what He says, says not to do. There'll never be a time where He leads us the wrong way. Why? Because He is the truth and the life. He is the way. He is our example. And friend, men and women will lead you down the wrong track. But don't look to them. Look to Jesus and He will always lead you the right way. We find the person that we're to focus upon is the Lord Jesus he is our example, but then in our text he says this, He is the author and finisher of our faith. The author being the chief leader, the, the chief example. He is the one who started the faith. He is the one who orchestrated it all. He's the one who began it, but not only is he the one that began it, thank God he's the one that finished it. He is the author and finisher. He carried it out through completion. That's when on the cross of Calvary, when all the, the lights around the world went out, and in the darkness he cried to tell us, 
meaning it is finished. Friend, he, he completed salvation's plan. He completed the way God, what God would have. And this morning we look unto him because he is our example. We look unto him because he's the one who started it. He's the one who finished it. And so we look, that's the reason we look unto him. But also notice in the last part of verse number 2, we're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and it sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen, listen to Hebrews chapter number 4, verse number 15. Listen closely to what the Bible says. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But notice this. But was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. The reason we should look unto Jesus is not only because He is our, is our example, not only because He is the author and finisher of the faith, but He has been exactly where you are this morning. Have you ever tried to, I, I mentioned this Wednesday night, have you ever talk, tried to talk to somebody about something you're going through and they've never been through it? We have a custom that when somebody is going through, going through something, we'll say this, well, I know how you feel. But reality, do we know? We really don't until we went through it. There's some of you that you could come to me and tell me things that you have went through and I could have compassion. I can feel sorry for you. But I can't tell you I know how you feel. Because I've never been there. I've never had to walk through it. Some of you that have lost, lost your spouse, I can't tell you. I know how you feel because I've not walked that road. Those of you that have had horrible diagnosis from the doctor, I can't tell you. I know how you feel because I've not walked that road. Aren't you glad that there is one? That no matter what you're going through this morning, he's already been there. He's already went through it. You say, what about a heartbreak? He's been there. What about being forsaken? He's been there. What about being ridiculed? He's been there. What about being, what about being lied on? He's been there. What about being hungry? He's been there. What about being thirsty? He's been there. What about being beaten? He's been there. What about not having money? He's been there. What about not having a place to lay, lay my head? He's been there. This morning, everything that you and I could say that, uh, that we are going through, the Lord Jesus has been there. And not only has He been there, He's overcome it. So why in the world will we not look unto Him? He's been there. We find, the, we find the person, the Lord Jesus. We find the practice looking. But very quickly, I want you to notice the presence that's mentioned in chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2. We find at the last part of verse number 2 that the Bible says, and it sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Well, what is Christ doing there this morning? Why, why is he there at the right hand of the throne of God? Studying, studying ancient culture teaches us that 
that when someone was seated at the right hand of a king or a prince or a ruler, that meant they had authority. That meant they had power. That meant they not only had authority and power, but that meant they had connection uh, to the king. They had connection to the ruler. And so as we look at Jesus and he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God, that signifies that he has power. It signifies that he has authority. But most of all, it signifies that he has connection to the one who owns it all. And we find that 1 Timothy chapter number 2, verse number 5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. The word mediator means go-between. It means an intercessor. A mediator or an intercessor is one that intervenes between two individuals to restore peace or to ratify a covenant. No doubt in my mind there's been, there's been times in my life that let's just say God is here and Christ is there. And there's been times God has been watching Charlie McNeil and Charlie should have, he, he should have killed me. He should have thrown me in hell. He should have done away with me. And then at the, the, the time that the wrath of God was beginning to boil and beginning to, uh, beginning to boil over, uh, Christ would step up and say, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I took, his, I took the wrath for Him on the cross. I took His place at the cross of Calvary. Father, I know he's a sinner, but he's one of mine. He's one of my children. All that was, all the wrath was placed upon me on Calvary. And friend, when we look at the presence of Christ, knowing that he has authority, knowing that he has power, knowing that he has connection, why in the world would we look at anybody else other than the Lord Jesus Christ? We see the practice, we see the person, and we see the presence. In these verses we see the literal importance of looking unto the Lord Jesus. Some of your musicians come, I want to ask us this morning, as we begin this dive, I'm not 100% sure where all this will take us, but I want to ask us, I want you to ask yourself this morning. Is there something in your life that you've not been looking unto Jesus for? And I think it was Wednesday night I said this, I'm a fixer by nature. A lot of times I, I will get in fixer mode and I'll, I'll run out ahead of God. And I'll try to fix fix it my way but sometimes I've had to learn that sometimes God don't want me to fix some things God just wants me to sit back and let him fix it I want to ask you this morning what is it in your life that you've been looking at everything else and everybody else but you just need to correct your focus and you need to look towards Jesus. Some of you may have heard me tell this. Just a few weeks ago, I went to the eye doctor and got new glasses and gave, went to the uh, Walmart to get the prescription filled. And 
they sent it off, got it, and called me and said, hey, listen, your prescription's ready. I went in, and, and I put them on. And it didn't take me but one second to realize something ain't right. I could see perfect with this eye, but this, this eye, someone right. And I took them off, and I put them on that table, and she said, what's wrong? I said, something ain't right. And she kept, she, the lady was very nice. She said, well, you've got to give them at least two weeks. I said, I said, ma'am, I don't mean to be rude. I said, I have wore glasses since the fourth grade. I said, I know something is not right with these glasses. She looked at the prescription. She said, well, this is, you know, it's made the way they're supposed to be. You're just going to have, you just have to wear them for two weeks and get used to them. I said, I said, I ain't no way I can wear them. I said, something ain't right. I was saying something ain't right. She is telling me that I just had to get used to them. And so I just finally said, okay. I'll wear them for two weeks. Every day, every time I put them on, I just knew something wasn't right. I'd look at my phone, and my phone would be like this, when it's supposed to be like this. I'd look at the computer screen, and the computer screen would be going like this, and I'd... I didn't even wear them a week. Every time I put them on, I had a massive headache. I couldn't focus. So I finally, I said, I'm just skipping the glass place, and I'm going back to the eye doctor. I called them, told them what was going on. They said, come in, bring your prescription, bring your glasses. I went in, sat down with the doctor, and she, she come out. She said, I'm so sorry. She said, but I wrote down the axis wrong. And she said, what was supposed to be 2.0 is 0.02. And she asked this question. She said, how in the world have you been wearing them? I said, I ain't. The rest of the story was she fixed it and went back to Walmart, gave it to them. And now I'll see perfect. And, when, and immediately when I put them on, she said, how is that? I said, this is the way glasses are supposed to feel. There was something that was causing me not to be able to focus. And it affected my daily life every time I put them glasses on. And do you know I could have been stubborn and I could have been hard-headed and say, it'll get better. Just give it enough time, it'll eventually get better. But you know what? It wouldn't have got better. I just would have got used to it being wrong. You know what's, you know what's happened to a lot of us? We've got things in our life that we're not looking in the right direction with. And we say, it'll get better. Just give it enough time. It'll get better. The reality is it's not getting better. It's just that you're getting used to it being wrong. And I'm going to say that again because I really believe somebody here needs to hear this. You have focused upon something and God has showed you that it's not right. 
you know it's not what you're supposed to do. You know it's not God's will. You know that you should stay away from it or whatever the case is. God has clearly showed you, but in your mind you say, it'll get better. Just give it time. It'll get better. The reality of it is it don't get better. It's just you get used to it being wrong. Friend, we, a lot of us need to refocus and quit waiting for it to get better and realize it's not going to get better. We just get used to it being wrong and say, God, help us to not get used to it being wrong, but help us to refocus. Help us to Get our focus not upon others, not upon others' opinions, not upon ourselves, but help us just to focus upon you. There again, what, what danger we live in, what danger we are, are in. Instead of refocusing and looking to Jesus, so many of us are just getting used to it being wrong. I think that could run a rabbit very quickly. I think sometimes that's what's wrong with church. They're focused on something they should not focus on, and God says, you shouldn't focus on that, and we say, well, let's just give it time, and it'll get better. But instead of getting better, we just get used to it being wrong. Instead of refocusing, we just get used to it being wrong. How many of you know God can't bless what He's already condemned? God can't bless what He's already cursed. God can't bless what He's already said is wrong. And so instead of waiting for God to bless something that He never will, why don't we just turn our focus back on Christ and our focus should be to lift Christ up he said if, I, if the son of man be lifted up I will draw all men to myself well that's what faith Baptist church ought to be is a church that does not draw men to ourselves but focuses upon lifting high the son of God so that he can draw men unto himself